Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Amen. So, welcome. It's good to be here. I felt like we were away for a long time, which was only one Sunday. It's the shortest break I've ever had as a pastor. So, uh, in, I'm, I'm glad to be back because we miss you guys. But uh, it's awesome to, to just think about the new year from a godly perspective, isn't it? Like most things in life, people get stuck about things and they get hung up with things and they want to do things and they want to be successful and they want to do great things. But we get to do it from a godly perspective. We've got the book, amen? And the book guides us and the book provides. In Jesus' name be healed. So uh, you don't need to drop the mic at the start of the service. You only do that afterwards, amen? So we get to, to, to have this plumb line with this, this gauge when we see all the noise in the world and all the things uh, that they want to influence us by to, to come back and say, okay, God, I hear this, I see this. What do, what do you say? And I don't know about you, but for me, that's such an assurance. It's such a good place to be, to have that plumb line, to have that, that truth to go back to. There's, um, there's this video that Google puts out every year. It's called The Year in Search. And then what they do is they sort of create a video, two minutes, just about what people searched. Like, and every year around New Year's, it obviously comes out. And recently now we have the year in search 2022. Because if you haven't adjusted your calendar yet, we are now in 2023. And it still sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? And you probably still write it uh, incorrectly for a week or two, uh, maybe till February, and then you'll be, be ready with it. But what, what, what are people searching for? And that's such a good question because what, what people are searching for is what we as Christians um, should answer. Isn't that true? Like they are searching for things. So that's why I, I watch a video like that. I'm not impressed by 2022s at all, by the way. 2019 was pretty good and then it went COVID, COVID more, and now 2022. I don't think that's really what people search for. I think it's propaganda. But anyways, that's just me. Um, what I'm telling you this is people are searching. People are looking for answers. People are looking for success. People are looking for a new year, a better year, a new you. Amen? The problem is it's a new year, but it's not a new you, is it? So I'm here to, to bring your reality to your table today, unfortunately. We're not just going to talk pie in the sky and, uh, and, and get, get excited about the new year because that will not sustain you. We need the word. We need the substance of truth. We need what God has given us to sustain us through the year. And even in the pre-service meeting, already there was prophetic word about um, people looking at the year and not knowing how they're going to get through it. Maybe that's for someone here as well. You're not you're looking and it's like, it's the 8th of January. How am I going to get to it? I haven't even started work. Maybe you start tomorrow. How am I going to get to December? How am I going to get to the next holiday? How am I going to get to, to Easter? And I just want to share with you that God said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So you don't need to know how you're going to get through the year. You just need to know that God is going to get through today with you. One of the songs I listen to in the car says, I don't know what the day will bring, or I don't know what the day will bring, but I know who brings the day. I just love that. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but I know God is going to bring tomorrow. And I don't know about you, but that just, that, that helps me because I don't need all the answers. I just need to know that I've got God. 
And God's going to be there. So, I'm asking you this morning, how, or helping us to understand how to have a great 2023. How to have a great year, a great new year, a great fresh start, you know. So the question is then, what are you focused on? What's your New Year's resolutions? Do you have goals, new goals, better goals? Or maybe you've realized that you were a bit ambitious previously. Now, you're not going to lose 10 kilograms, you're just going to lose 8. Or you're going to aim to lose 5. Or you're not going to run the comrades, you're just going to run the two oceans. What is it that, you, that you're setting yourself up for? Because most of that might be setting yourself up for disappointment. What are you focused on? The weight that you want to lose, the healthier food you want to eat, the, the, the sooner bedtime routine or getting up earlier in the morning. What is it that you want to do? Well, none of this is bad, but I can guarantee you that none of that will make your year great. None of it will make your year great. Why? Because we need to redefine greatness. We need to redefine success. We need to know what is it that will make it a good year. Even if you reach all your resolutions, your goals, and even if you succeed in them, even if you lose more weight, run further, get up earlier, how is that going to sustain you? And you might not think that it will, but it won't. So, is this a hopeless message? Definitely not. What will make this year great? What will make this year that you look back and that you say, listen, 2023 was a year of growth, was a year of increase, was a year of substance. At the end of last year, we said, don't measure the year based on your uh, accumulation of wealth. Measure the year based on your spiritual growth. If we grow spiritually, if we grow in maturity, if we get to understand God more, if we get more comfortable with the Word and navigating our way through it, that is growth. That is a great year. That is success. If you get more freedom because of the truth of the Word, isn't that what we're looking for? If we live, listen to this, more in the Spirit and less in the flesh, isn't that a good year? Isn't that success? Isn't that greatness? Now, you see, that doesn't post well on Instagram. No one will want to join that webinar on LinkedIn. Why? Because people are inherently self-centered, selfish beings. We are prideful, ambitious, competitive beings who want to get ahead in life. That's not in my notes, but that's pretty well said. But that's not what we are called to be. Amen? And guess what? That is not what's going to make you happy. If you go through the richest people in this world and go through their divorce rate, you'll be shocked. So what is success? If you look at the biggest businesses in the world and you look at what are the health of the families of the employees who are working there, what is success? You see, we are bombarded with media about this is what you should do, this is what you need, and this is when you will be happy. You see, happiness is, is, is carnal. But the joy of the Spirit is what moves in when God moves in. There's a joy that someone said, I'm so happy, that I'm, look, I'm looking serious. Amen? I'm a serious guy. But I'm so full of joy. Because I sing the songs we sang this morning. My past has been forgiven. I'm a new creation. The Holy Spirit has moved in. I'm back full of power. Amen? I might have a lot of challenges. And, and when work starts tomorrow, I know my inbox is going to be this full. And I'm probably going to have login issues. And I'm going to have to get up early. This morning I had to get up early, you know, because I had to come to church. And some of you also. But it's good to be amongst the brethren. Amen? And I was just thinking earlier that God really has been God since the beginning, but He's introduced as Father by Jesus, His Son. And isn't that then the only reason why we can call ourselves family? 
So we, we could never be the family of God. Israel isn't the family of God. They're the people of God. They're the, 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 the tribe, the nation. But now we move in because God has moved in. The word says, as you know God, no rather as you are known by Him. Guess what? God knows you. Just think about that for a moment. In this new year, at the 8th of January, you can be rest assured that God knows not just about you, not just your name, not just the hairs on your head. He knows you. He knows how you think, how you redeneer, how you plan, how you dream, what you're fearful of, what you're afraid of. He knows you intricately. And He knew you would be here this morning. You might want to protest against that, but He knew that. God knew what He had given you. But guess what? He didn't give it recently. The greatness of your here will be determined by your focus. Not whether you stay focused on your goals, but rather what or rather who you focus on. The end of last year, I spoke about on Christmas Day more than a manger. I said we have to live for more than the manger. We live for the resurrected Christ. Now He lives in us. The Spirit is now in us, through us. Yes, Christmas is awesome, but Christmas was only the opening of the door into the spiritual life, the life of grace, the fulfillment of the prophecies of ages and generations, the mystery now revealed. And then we looked at 2 Corinthians 5.16 that says, we don't consider Christ according to the flesh. So I'm just as excited as you that Chosen's new season has just been released and every Sunday, I don't know why it's on a Sunday, let people go to church and give them TV on a Monday, but anyway, that's just my pet. But we don't consider Christ according to the flesh. Now I'd rather say we shouldn't. Because a lot of us still do. And I love the Chosen and I watch it and I enjoy it. But that's not the Jesus who lives in you. Amen? It's the spirit man that has taken abide. He's abiding. Abiding in the Greek means four things. It means it's where you are. It's three things, actually. It's where you are. It's the time that you are there. So you are here now. Where are you? You're at the Pratia Hotel. If you don't know, this is Omega, the venue. I won't make an Alpha and Omega joke. But this is Omega, the hall. But you're here at... 9.31, it's the time, on the 8th of January, 2023. So where are you? You're here in this time. Okay. The the thing is, some of you, your minds might not be here. You wish that this guy like can finish now, or you're thinking about the scar boat, or the pork chops that you're going to bry later, or how the the, the weather's going to be at the beach. You see, the abiding of the Holy Spirit, it is where He is, it's you. It's when, it's now and always, But then there's also that mindset of presence that this is where I am, this is where I want to be, and I'm not going anywhere. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So for God, never leaving you nor forsaking you is settled. Think about that. So that's not a debate that he's having with himself. You know when you visit family over Christmas, and you didn't commit to exactly how many days you're going to stay? Because you're leaving just that back door open. So you and your wife, you're in the room after the braai and after the little fight about rummy cup and after the children kicked over the puzzle or Monopoly or you're a little bit sunburned and you're like, are we going to stay another day? You see, then it's not settled. 
It's not in your mind settled. God has settled in his heart that he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. So now he's just there and he's just enjoying you. He's just being present with you. The Greek, there's no word for presence. Oh, in Hebrew, sorry, there's no word for presence. But there's a word that they use, it's face to face. You see, and I was thinking about it, God, why? What, what is different? And I was thinking, we say we're in each other's presence, but we might all be on WhatsApp. Around the same campfire. We're in, I'm in your presence, but I'm not face to face. I'm not present. God is not on his phone while he's talking to you. While he's spending time with you. While he's looking into your eyes. While he's dreaming about the year. He is there and he is there with all of who he is. Amen? We should not be focused, this is a difficult one, on what is God is going to be doing or not doing in this year. This is where the message now gets interesting. You should not be focused on what God is going to be doing or not doing in this year. How can you say that, Peter? Well, God has done what God is going to do. It is finished. Okay, so there's the finished work of Christ, that is Christ coming in the body, dying on the cross, being resurrected, ascended, and now poured out the Spirit. That's the finished work of Christ. By grace through faith, you now receive righteousness, justification, everything that God has for you. You live with the Spirit in you, the power of God. You're activated by love. God has taken residence in you. Now guess what? The unfinished work of Christ starts. But it's not up to Christ to do the unfinished work of Christ. He did the finished work of Christ. Now God wants to live in you, but guess what? He also wants to live through you. So God is not going to do anything this year. But God in you wants to do a lot of things this year. But you carry the throttle. You have the tap. If God wants to move in people's lives, guess what? He needs us to do it. He needs us to move. If you want God to move, there. God just moved. Why? Because God is in me. Amen? But so God is in you. I'm not special. I'm just the one with the mic currently. Amen? That's the only difference. But we have God in us, and God wants us now to accept this invitation to the adventure of a lifetime. That I have done what I'm going to do. The Spirit is available. Sins are forgiven. The offering is made once and for all, according to Hebrews 10. Now the Holy Spirit wants to take residence. And if you said yes to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you. But guess what? There's a lot of people out there who has not accepted the invitation. Some of them neither heard the invitation. And that's where we start. So we can dream about the new year. But not about how much weight I'm going to lose or how big my business is going to get. But what about the kingdom? What about the church? What about the unreached? What about the people who has not heard that God loves them, that God's forgiven them, that God has died on a cross for them so that they could just say yes and receive righteousness, forgiveness, and justification? What are we focused on in this new year? God has done what God was going to do. Now He wants to live in us and through us. So, listen to this from Matthew 5, 44. I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which spitefully use you and persecute you. Woo! An uncomfortable verse if you've ever had one. I'm not going to ask for hands, but is this in your New Year's resolution? 
I had to apply this last year. I'm sure all of us have had the opportunity to pray for people who spitefully used and abused us. And I remember we had a prayer meeting on a Tuesday afternoon, and we were going through a difficult thing in the ministry, and someone gave this word, and I was like, whew, that's for me. And I had to switch the camera off because I started crying. Because life is tough. And people hurt you, and, and, and it's not easy. And there's challenges. And I'm not here to say that this year there's going to be no challenges. Well, I will be lying because Jesus himself said, in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So now we can pray for those who spitefully use and abuse us. We can, we can love our enemies. Amen? Why is this not in our New Year's resolutions? Well, Peter, it doesn't make sense. This won't make me successful. It won't help me move forward. It won't grow my business. But let's rather live in this year according to the wisdom of God rather than the wisdom of man. And at the end of the year, we look back and we say, did this work? Did this work? Am I living content? Am I living a life of peace? Charles, who uh, is our pastor in Piketberg, he and I and Etienne and Emily traveled to Albania in November of last year. And he said of a guy who came to him one morning, this guy was always like hassling him and, and, and being nasty at work and stuff. And early one morning, he was still sort of putting his laptop on. This guy said, what makes you different to me? I mean, that's just, you haven't even had your coffee yet and you in work mind. And he said, well, I have peace that you don't, peace that I can't explain. He said, it's the third person who's told me that this week. I need this peace. He said, okay, well, we're at work now, so I'll meet you at lunchtime. He met at lunchtime and he led him to the Lord. He says, he didn't say, I don't have problems. He said, I have peace. Isn't that a successful year when we have the peace that Jesus gave? Not as the world gives, do I give unto you. But guess what? He gives it. He says, I leave it. I, I'm not taking it away. It stays with you. It is yours. God doesn't promise to be Tinkerbell and solve all your issues. But the Holy Spirit is the comforter that lives and abides in you and wants to guide you through this year. Next verse says that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For He makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Philippians 2 Verse 3, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation this time, says, Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. You see, today we have the opportunity to maybe alter what we're wanting from the year. To maybe... Just polish our New Year's resolutions and to see, is it that my goals, my resolutions, what will make my year great, is that I put others as more important than myself. Listen to the next verse. It says, Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. I used this in a marriage course last year. It's brilliant. What is my partner want? What are their interests? How can I bless them? Not my concern, their concern. Not my issue, their issue. Not what I'm worried about, what they're worried about. Not what is bothering me in my heart. No, what's bothering them. And guess what? 
it will come back. Even Jesus said, or Paul writes, and he says, if you love your wife, husbands, you, you love your own body. So this, it's a way of self-care is to, to care for your wife. Isn't it amazing? Think about this in business. If you have a greater concern for, for what matters to others instead of your own interests, I promise you, you will get promoted. It might take longer, but it will be true promotion. Because what we do often is we create a lot of noise and we talk the talk and we, we work the hallways and we stand at the water cooler and we, we send the emails late at night and we do what we want to do to get that promotion. But what you've actually done is you've inflated your own capacity and maturity beyond what it actually is. Now you get the promotion and now what? Now there's stress. Because now you have to keep up what you've presented, what you've costed. Where this way is just much more healthy because you grow into maturity and as you grow into maturity, you're already taking on responsibility and now you get promoted for the responsibility of the things you're already doing. That's how I became pastor of this church. You might not realize it, but Shane was away for six months twice before he handed over the church. I didn't realize he was testing, but it was okay. Because by the time that he felt God said, now is the time to hand over the church, we've had the experience, Natasha and I, to be at the driving seat of the ship. And we said, it's a big, big, big responsibility. But with God, we might just make it. Amen? Why? Because we've done it. When we look for elders and leaders, we're not looking for people who want to step up and become something. We are looking at the book of Timothy and Titus, and we're saying, this is the requirements for eldership, Who's already living like that? Because we don't want to put something on someone that they're not ready for. So what is it that we're looking for? We're looking for someone who's putting the interests of others ahead of themselves. There's a lot of good people in this church that's left this church because they haven't had the pulpit. There's only one pulpit. That's the problem with every church. There's many life groups, there's children's church, there's outreach, there's missions, there's many pulpits. Your life is a pulpit. And we will want to help you and guide you and grow you in that so that you can live the fullness of who you are. And we're not, we, 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 I'm not the only one preaching, you know that. But you don't come to this church to find a pulpit. You come here to find family, to find mission, to grow in the truth. I didn't come here to find a pulpit. The pulpit found me. Amen. When I made peace that I'm not going to preach anytime soon, I preached very soon. Because in my heart, it was no longer about selfish ambition. And I can say that honestly. And we're not all called to preach. But there's a world out there who needs to be preached at. Now, this year, and next week, we're going to speak about it a bit more. They say you should never do your vision Sunday on the first Sunday because everyone isn't back yet. Amen. But next week, we're going to speak about what, what is our focus. Not what God is going to do. What is our focus for this year? We can preach on healing whole year, and we'll see lots of healing. Not because God has all of a sudden switched on the healing button. No, because we're tapping into that, what God has already made available. It's really, really awesome because it's a new year. It's not a new you, and it's definitely not a new God. And that's reassuring. Amen? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can get into the 1st of January full of hope, and we should. 
because we're not allowed even to look back. And our past has been redeemed and it's been forgiven and we put the hand to the plow and we look forward. And Paul said, one thing I do is I look forward. But there's nothing new under the sun. Amen? What is the, what is the year that we celebrate? It's one rotation around the sun. But there's nothing new under the sun. So from the beginning, from creation, what's done is done. Obviously, it's manifested in Christ. Amen? So, I personally feel challenged to pray for, prophesy to, and speak into the lives of others more. That's one of my goals. Not for me, but for others. What is your resolution? But what about we send messages on the 1st of January after we've prayed for people with words of encouragement for their year? Just think about the healthy community that that will create. Now, we've already missed the boat, but if you have something today, sit after this afternoon and pray for the church. Pray for your family. Pray for, for your business. Yes, but pray for the people in your business. Why do we have business? Because those people will seldom or never come to church. So it's a vehicle by which we reach them for the kingdom. What about the success of the church, the kingdom, the mission? What are we praying for about those things? Listen to Proverbs 3 verse 5 from the easy to read version. says, trust the Lord completely and do not depend on your own knowledge. Is that prophetic for someone? Take it if it is. Trust the Lord completely and do not depend on your own knowledge. With every step you take, think about what he wants and he will help you go the right way. This is what I posted as our New Year's Instagram post. Not what you want, what God wants. Because at the end of the day, what God wants is what's going to make you happy. What God wants is what's going to make your year great. I didn't want to be a pastor. I studied engineering. Amen? I had this navy blue BMW in the back of my mind. That was my motivation. I'm so glad I don't have that because you know the maintenance on those cars. <laughs> That's not what made me happy. I still work as an engineer. But there's a different purpose to it now. What I do in, in, in that space is it, it creates opportunity for me to minister to people, but it also helps me to be in ministry in grace life. I didn't plan to do both. I am a logical, I said to Gary, I said, I'm a bit OCD. I plan things. I, I work things out. I do budgets. When Natasha and I did our last budget, it didn't work out. We resigned and we left. We went to Cape Town. She said, this is not going to work out with our wines. Let's go. That's not natural for me. When I resigned my job at ShopRite, it wasn't easy. <laughs> because there was no guarantee of a payment the next month. I left a lot of shares at ShopRite when I left. Retirement. There's no word for retirement in Hebrew. Selah. I was like, God, really? Is this the message for today? People want something. On pre-service, all the words that came, I was like, just confirming. Exactly. God has something good for us. He wants us to help Help us go the right way. Don't trust in your own wisdom, but fear and respect the Lord and stay away from evil. If you do this, it will be like a refreshing drink and medicine for your body. What a year if we do what God wants. 
not what we want. What a great year that will be. What a great year if we, we don't trust on our own knowledge, but on His, His wisdom, His guidance. Listen to 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There's a New Year's resolution if you wanted one. Be un, uh, what is it? Unwavering, unmovable, steadfast, working in the things of God, and what? It's never ever in vanity. Amen? Passion says, live your lives with an unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. That's something of substance. That's something we can look back on, not just in December on the 31st, but in years to come and say, listen, there's substance to my life. There's more because I'm going for the things of God, not the things of this world. Again, contrary to the world, contrary to popular belief. Now, I have to just knock one, one holy cow this morning. Is that okay with you? Just one, if I haven't already. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Typical New Year's verse. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Amen, I'm with that. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you know it or not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Just make, put the rock down that you want to throw, just quickly. Just put it down and then just listen and then you can decide if you want to pick it up again. Behold, I will do a new thing. When? Now it shall spring forth. Prophet Isaiah is speaking. What is the new thing? It is Christ. God has done a new thing. There was an old thing, it was the law. Now there's a new thing. It is the grace of our God through the love of Jesus poured out His life. And now we have free access into the Holy of Holies through His Spirit that now lives and abides in us. So there was an old thing, the old way, where you had to come with your, your lamb and your bull and your goat or your doves if you couldn't afford it, and you had to come and offer. Now Hebrews 10 says there was one sin offering for all sin, for all people, for all time. And he ushered in, the word in Hebrews 10 speaks about a new and living way. The old way was dead and engraved on stones. Now there's a new way. Romans speaks about the spirit, the law of the spirit of life. Woo. If we can grow in that revelation. Has made me free, set me free of the law of sin and death. Written and engraved on stones. So God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah to his people, the Israelites, who's living under the Mosaic law with their sacrificial system, their, 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 their festivals. They are looking forward to the Messiah who's going to come. And he says, guess what? There is something new coming. God is not going to do anything new this year. The only new thing that he will do is if Jesus returns. That's the only new thing. 
God might want you to focus on something you've never focused on. God might invite you to step into the Spirit in a way that you've never had, to prophesy through power that you've never done, but God is not going to do anything new this year. I love the verse before, it says, don't look back, and I agree 100% with that. Don't look back to the law. Don't look back to your shame. Don't look back to your old self. You're now a new creation, a new spirit, a new being. The Word says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, all things have, is have still going to happen in 14th of February when I want to say Tinkerbell or Cupid shows up. All things have, I think that some of the old, the Amplified says, have already become new. We, you know the way that we count our time and our calendar? It's a grace. Because it gives us a fresh start. And we need that. I mean, I think that's what God knew. We need that. We need a break. We need a time to take stock and to think about the year and to be gracious and thankful. And It's a time of gratitude for me. Lord, thank you for, for the year. And I take it. On the 1st of January, on the 31st, we, we talk about what's your song of the year and, and what was the, the one thing that you've learned. And it got quite interesting around our family table. And then they asked, what is it that you have planned? What do you want to accomplish in the next year? And it was my turn. I said, honestly, I don't know yet. And then you sound like the party party pooper, you know. Everyone is sharing and you're not. I said, listen, we work till the 25th. Then I'm only winding down. Then only in the new year am I thinking about the new year. (laughs) And I have been thinking about the new year, and that's why I've got something to say, hopefully, this morning. But there's nothing new. We are still going to be all about gathering to grow to go. We're all going to be about reaching the, reaching the lost and discipling the found. We're going to be all about grace. We're going to be all about the Spirit because what God has done, God has done. Amen? And we have not tapped into the fullness of what God has done and that's why we can package it as something new, something more, something greater. But it's not on God. Paul prays in Ephesians, to the Ephesian church, he says, he prays that the eyes of their hearts will be enlightened. Why? That they will see what is there. What is a revelation? A revelation is a revealing of something that already exists. It's not a new creation. It's a revelation. So when we grow in revelation, it's nothing new that God is doing. It's a new understanding on our behalf. Now, this might upset you or it might excite you. I understand that. How you can process this is God has done what God is going to do. So we don't need to pull God's arm. We don't need to wrestle God. We don't need to to pull a lever. We don't need to put money in the slot machine. We don't need to pray a prayer. We don't need to open heaven. God has moved. God has done what God is going to do. Now it's on me to go into this adventure center and find out all the things that he's put there for me. Amen? It puts a confidence in me that God has moved. God has poured out. God has given. I am freely forgiven, freely uh, alive by grace through faith. I'm living. You guess what? If you live only not to sin, your resolution is, I'm going to sin less this year. That's not bad. But are you considering others? You might, because your sin has an influence on others, of course. But the word says in Hebrews 12, like we'll run unto, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Not unto us. It says, let us lay aside every weight that so easily beset, and the sin that so easily beset. Stop sinning. 
Yes, of course. But let's not make that whether we have a great year or not. How many people are we reaching? Are we, are we spending time with God? Are we growing in our revelation? Behold, I will do a new thing. This new thing is not a new year. Because why? If we read on the next verse, The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Verse 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression for mine own sake and will not remember your sins. Woo! Think about it. We enter a new year with a God who lives and abides and who does not even remember or think about our sins. Thank you. Thank you, God. Guess what? Your year is already successful. Because you live with a God who's not thinking about your sin. Now what I always say and laugh about is, like, God doesn't want to remember it, but then Christians think it's their work to remind it. Hey, didn't you read? I said, I don't want to remember your sins. Now you bring them up. Well, there's a good place to say sorry and to... It helps your conscience. It's good. But God says, it's forgiven. Okay, what's the new thing? Under the old system, you had to bring your sins and your confessions and your sacrifice and your offering. But he's done a new thing where he doesn't think about it and where he doesn't remember it. The new has come. The new has come. Jock, when we sang that song, I was like, the Holy Spirit said, that's it. The new has come. I'm changing the title of my message to that. The new has come. Not on the 31st or the 1st of January. When Pentecost happened. The new has come. Verse 27. Thy first father have sinned. This sounds like Star Wars. Thy first father have sinned. And thy teachers have transgressed against me. The Passion says your earliest ancestor. That speaks about Adam. Remember, we share in the finished work of Christ and then we invite and partake in the unfinished work of Christ. So what are we doing this year in terms of reaching the world? Discipling the found. God has done what God was going to do. So what he's speaking about here in Isaiah is first Adam. So first Adam is the old thing. Now the new thing is the new Adam. God is going to do a new thing. He's going to bring a second Adam. He's going to bring a new man. And we'll end with this in Romans 5. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It just gets better. We live with a God who's never going to leave us. He's not even thinking about it. We live and abide with a God who's never going to remember our sins. And now it says that we have the peace. We have peace with that God because of what Christ our Lord has done. By whom also we have access. You see, that's the thing. God has given you access. You need to access the access. You need to use the access. We need to step into the new things that He has done. The new has come. He's given us access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Uncomfortable verse again. 
We glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope makes not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. You can have hope for this year. Ron and I spoke earlier. We said, we, we have hope for the year. We look at the news. I don't know when last was Christmas. was the only day that we haven't had load shedding. For how long? The mosquitoes have moved in. So that makes things more difficult. But we have hope. We have hope. I said to my family, they said, like, what was your year like last year? I said, well, basically, we said, in this world you will have trouble, but you're a spirit man, so live accordingly. That was our message last year. And that's going to be our message again. In this world, there's tribulation, there's trouble, but we are not of this world. Amen? Listen to verse 6. For when you were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. When you were without the Holy Spirit, without power, without God, God died for you. Christ died for you. Verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, the old man, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. This is the old thing. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, but is the figure of him that, has, that was to come. So there's the old man, Adam, and Moses, up to Moses. Everything was in the old system, but God is doing a new thing according to Isaiah, and now we're going to look at what that is. Amen? But not as the offense, so also is the free gift so when you opened your Christmas present and you were either happy with it or not you know that when you know all the eyes are on you like now they're looking if if they if you happy with what they got you so who's it about <laughs> are you considered more about others than yourself there's an application for you think about it let them enjoy their gift and if they don't like it let them throw it away what's it to you amen but we put what other people think of us in that. But think about it. That's just for free. You open this gift. And you're so glad. It's exactly what you wanted. It's even better. You wanted an iPhone 12. You got an iPhone 13. The big one. Amen. Plus you got a case. And you got the screen protector. Oh, it's just the best ever. Say you got it from your dad. And your dad is so glad and he sees your face as you open. I take very long to open presents. I don't want the moment to, to pass too quickly. I enjoy every little bit of it. It's like I study the word. There's more, there's more. <coughs> I think that's the end of load shedding for now. There's more. Now you open this present, your, your dad looks at you and he sees that you're so happy. You are, you are exceedingly glad. Amen? Now think about it. If you go to him, and you say, Dad, how much do I owe you? He says, no, it's a gift. He says, Dad, it's too much. Dad, can I, can I pay for it? He says, no. He says, Dad, um, can I just work a little bit? Can I, I'll do the dishes. I'll, do the, I'll mow the lawn. Can I, can I pay it off? I know this. Dad, I know what this costs. He says, I want you to have this, my son. And you, you don't want to take it. You see, you're spoiling the love. You are, you are, you are, you're spoiling the gift a little bit because now you're putting a performance on something that was given freely. And I think that's a little bit how God feels. 
when we go into performance mentality, if he says, this is a free gift, and you say, but I want to pay for it. And the fact is, you cannot. Because the price is too much. In us, the lamp is just going to cool down and then just give it a moment. The price is too much. Thank you, by the way. The price is too much. You cannot earn your salvation. You cannot work for your righteousness. You cannot keep every law. And if and if you do, it's not enough. But it's a free gift of salvation. God has moved on your behalf. He has already done a new thing. And the new thing said, do away with the law. Because I fulfilled the law. I fulfilled the prophets. Isaiah 43, I'll do a new thing. It's been fulfilled. According to the words of Jesus. He has done a new thing. And now I say, thank you, Lord. And I receive the new thing. I enter into that reality. I become a new creation. I live from the Spirit now. I live from heaven onto earth. I don't plead heaven down to earth. But Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, I'm seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father in Christ. And now I speak into this world. I speak into my life. I speak to circumstances and situations and sickness and symptoms. And I no longer plead from God because God is not going to do anything. Because He's already done everything. The only thing that God still has to do is to send Jesus back. And that will only happen when we've gone out and shared the gospel. And there's scripture for that. So we can hasten the second coming of God, not by praying for it, but by sharing the gospel. Because God wants everyone to hear about this gift, this new thing. Not according to the old. Everything has become new. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned. Verse 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, not by you, not by me, by one. Who's that one? Jesus Christ. And now has abounded to many. God has done a new thing. And the new thing is Jesus Christ. The new thing is the Spirit now poured out. The new thing is that we now get to be seated at the right hand of the Father. You see, so we have really a running start. When you go to work, whether it's this week or next week or you already started, you can... You can help yourself with this. God has moved. God has done a new thing. God has forgiven me. God is righteous. God is in me. God's not going to leave me. God is present. You see, now how do you have a great year based on what we've shared this morning? Is you need to tap into these realities. You need to make these truths a part of you. You need to live from this new identity. You need to live as if God is in you. And that happens here. So there's many ways to do it. And if you want some practical advice, come to church. Join a life group. Join the dream team. Study the word. There's online Bible studies. There's going to be a ministry school this year. Plan your life around the things of God and you will live the, the life of God. Amen? I love it. Um, Herman is not here. He's in kids' church this morning. And that's a, 
I'll say it in their absence, that's a picture of a leader who's willing to step out of the service and fill a gap in kids' church and minister like Jesus did to children. We have a Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock, Bible study. If you think practically, logically, it's the worst time ever. 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Tuesday is the most productive day of the week, according to business studies, because Monday everyone has a slow start. Tuesday is work day. We have a 10 o'clock meeting. And Herman said to me for a long time, he said, I don't know how this fits into my day. Sometimes I come, sometimes I make it, I see how it fits into my day. And then all of a sudden he started coming regularly. And I was just noticing it, and I was like, this is interesting. And he said to me one day, he says, I used to see how this is going to fit into my day. But now... I look at how my day can fit into this. It's the glass balls and the small balls, the, the, the rubber balls. What is it that we're going to say yes for to God, even if it's unpopular, even if it costs me a bit? I get paid per hour. So that Bible study, I can work out what it costs me. But I will never compare that to the richness of what I get by spending time in the Word with my brothers. Because there's just some things money can't buy. Because it's a free gift of Jesus, our righteousness. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.